Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Faith Ryan. Many people rely on cloud-based computing in their everyday lives, from managing work and personal emails to uploading pictures so that there's more storage space on your device, like a USB for the internet. Instead of having to keep your files in a remote location or device like your computer hard drive, you can share them with anyone, anywhere, with an internet connection. Right now, the National Institutes of Health is working on a tremendous project, moving tons of biomedical research to an accessible, user-friendly cloud environment, in which data can be shared with other researchers to increase the speed and efficiency of scientific progress and discovery. I spoke with Nick Weber from the NIH, who is currently working on this cloud adoption and migration effort for this episode. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hi, Faith. Thanks so much for having me. I know that you're the program manager for cloud services for research at NIH. Could you describe your role and responsibilities at the agency right now? Sure, happy to. So as you know, the NIH is the National Institutes of Health, and we have 27 institutes and centers that make that up. I work at the Center for Information Technology, or CIT, where I lead our cloud services for research group. And the work that I do primarily is to lead a small but growing team of technologists, analysts, data scientists, trainers, and others to implement kind of the day-to-day activities of bringing our researchers to the cloud. And the primary ways that we do that is through something that we'll talk in more depth about today, the NIH Strides Initiative. So my day-to-day work primarily involves coordinating with NIH leadership and with my team to make sure everyone understands what our kind of overarching goals and objectives are and how we can make sure we can partner with our commercial cloud service provider partners to bring the most value to the research community that we can. Great. So what exactly is the Strides Initiative? And could you just go into more detail about what that is and what that means for the agency? Sure. So the long-winded answer is Strides is an acronym. It stands for the Science and Technology Research Infrastructure for Discovery, Experimentation, and Sustainability. That's a mouthful. What we like to say is Strides is kind of our way of making headway or making strides in bringing commercial cloud tools and technologies to bear to our research that we support and that we fund. So Strides is a set of partnership relationships that we have in line with our first ever strategic plan for data science. We're really trying to harness the power of cloud computing, make that available to the many researchers at NIH, 8,000 investigators working in labs, generally in and around Bethesda, Maryland here, but also the NIH-funded research community, which is about 300,000 principal investigators at 2,700 academic and medical research centers. And we want to really make it easy for those investigators to use the best tools and technologies that companies like AWS, Amazon Web Services, Google Cloud, and other commercial cloud platform providers offer to the broad marketplace. We want to make it easier, cheaper, faster, and better for our researchers to use those tools to accelerate their research outcome. So Strides is all about setting up kind of a framework to make that happen and to bring the power of technology and other capabilities to bear on the difficult research problems and questions that our researchers are trying to solve. Gotcha. And what are some examples of challenges researchers at NIH face specifically and benefits that the cloud could provide? Yeah, so the cloud model is, in my opinion, really good for research for a lot of reasons. So first and foremost, research today generates more and more data, either that's, for example, genomic sequencing data or large-scale images, various types of data that come out of the research that NIH conducts and supports. And those data sets are outgrowing the ability for local infrastructure, a user's laptop or data center at an institution to be able to handle. So the size of data, the variety of data is another kind of complex aspect, moving it around and being able to collaborate with others to be able to make sure we bring all the best minds and perspectives to a research problem has been a challenge that's led us 
to move away from kind of a traditional model of a research program generating data and then being kind of distributed out and shared to many different partners or collaborators dealing with multiple copies of data sets and multiple ways of analyzing that data. And instead, we've kind of flipped that model and are bringing you know, kind of tools and researchers to data that are kind of situated in the cloud uh, to enable a lot more you know, kind of collaborative research and to bring kind of the scale that cloud can bring on storing and analyzing and doing other kind of great new analytical capabilities like artificial machine learning on these data sets. So really seen it kind of be a really good aligned model to kind of the research process. Awesome. And what are some of the IT or logistical challenges around moving all of that data that NIH has to the cloud? Yeah, so I guess I'll say first that simply bringing data to the cloud, I think it's necessary, but insufficient to getting to where we want to go. It's not a silver bullet solution. There's still a lot that has to be done to develop what NIH is trying to develop through our data science strategic plan, which is an ecosystem of data sets and tools and capabilities for people to really kind of work in a new way in terms of how we analyze biomedical research data, make it accessible to patients, those sort of things. So there's a host of challenges around kind of that ecosystem development part that's largely a kind of large scale coordination challenge, I guess I'll call it, and making sure everyone agrees on kind of standard ways to do things. We have systems that we build in the cloud that I'll describe as interoperable, which is, you know, kind of part of what we really like to promote here at NIH, which are the FAIR principles where data are findable, accessible, interoperable, and reusable. Uh, we really want to make sure that the systems that we're promoting and the data sets that we're storing in the cloud are set up in such a way that somebody generating one in one place can work and data can be transferred and analyzed with another data resource or system built by another group in another place. So that's a major challenge. I'd say another challenge is kind of around ensuring we have proper protections for data that we're moving to the cloud. We want to make sure we do right by, you know, kind of anyone who's contributed that data, for example, in a clinical study or a clinical trial, that the human participants in those, protecting their kind of personally identifiable information and any protected health information that may be part of those records. But we also want to make sure we just maintain the confidentiality, integrity, availability of data to kind of really honor the research process and the validity of outcomes. So making sure as we make this transition to the cloud, we know how to do that and everyone knows what their part is in ensuring kind of proper protections while also maintaining as broad of access as, as is applicable for that data set has been a real challenge. And I'll say that underscores kind of the next challenge that I'll state here, which I also see as a huge opportunity, and that's around training. So one component of the Strides initiative, in addition to kind of favorable pricing on cloud computing, extending to all of those researchers that I mentioned before, is that we're really scaling up a large training endeavor for our researchers at NIH and those we fund across the country to make sure they understand how to use these tools and technologies to apply them to their research questions. And it's not just the researchers themselves. It's a host of additional kind of roles in research support, you know, IT and technology and even administration and budget. The way we pay for use on the cloud in a consumption-based model of rent it and use it on demand and pay at the end of the month for what you use is very different from what the government and what our funded research agencies have been doing in the past. So this model comes with a lot of change. It comes with a lot of opportunity and a lot of change. And those just introduce some broad-based challenges and some opportunities to make sure we're training everyone appropriately to know how to work in this new kind of paradigm. 
Gotcha. Are there different cloud service options available now or ones that are being considered that weren't before? Yeah. So presently, we have two partners in the Strides Initiative. I mentioned AWS and Google Cloud. We're exploring additional partners, both in kind of the cloud infrastructure as a service kind of category, other large kind of commercial cloud service providers, but also what I like to describe as kind of niche biomedical research platforms that exist on the cloud. And those might be kind of platform as a service or software as a service tools that our research community is really making use of. So we think that the Strides model of establishing kind of a single central kind of agreement and mechanism, uh, ways for researchers to get access, to pay for, to get tracking and billing and invoicing around all of that use and to build communities of practice, training programs, et cetera, to really enhance and optimize that use can work further beyond just kind of our partnerships with Amazon and Google. And they can work with other kind of large technology companies and other partners that we want to engage in in this way. So we, we really see this model becoming something that we'll use more into the future. And we've really learned and grown a lot from the great partnerships that we've had. Amazon, for example, brings along a reseller partner, Four Points Technology. Google brings along another kind of cloud reseller, distributor, and CareSoft Technology Corporation. And we've built a really good, strong, everyday interaction relationships with these companies that I think have really enhanced our ability to iterate, figure out the best ways to promote what we're trying to do, to respond to researcher needs, to really get out there and bring the technologies and the support to our research communities as best that we can. So in terms of data sets sprawled across NIH that have moved and are being moved to the cloud, you mentioned that different data sets are being moved like genomics, sequencing data. What does the Strides Initiative encompass exactly? Is it just all the data that exists at NIH or is the agency trying to use that data in other transagency efforts across HHS entirely? Yeah, so for right now, it's primarily NIH focused, although we do have some you know, kind of research programs that are cross agency collaborations. To date, there's about 200 research programs that have participated in and kind of used the Strides framework that I've described earlier to kind of get to the cloud and get the benefits of favorable pricing that I mentioned, the training, the access to some of the engineers and consultation, collaborative R&D sort of services that are part of the agreement. But what I guess I'll say is we have many, many, many research programs and lots of data that we'd like to make support the transition to the cloud where it makes sense. So I mentioned earlier, it's not a silver bullet. We have other computing facilities, including on the NIH campus. We have one of the kind of largest supercomputers to be able to support our researchers. So we're first and foremost looking at what makes sense to move to the cloud because we need to analyze it at a large scale or share it broadly, a host of other factors. And then we're kind of prioritizing some of our richest and highest value research programs to make the move. A couple that I'll highlight here are Sequence Read Archive, or SRA, that comes from our National Center for Biotechnology Information. And what that is, is about 26 petabytes of genomic sequence data and annotations on either human participants in various studies on various organisms, and it represents a really large corpus to compare if I'm doing an experiment and I have some DNA analysis to compare against, to you know, ask questions, see what differences are, try to hone in on what causes or possible causes of diseases are. And what's really impactful about moving that resource, that repository from our on-premise data center where users would have to come and download parts of that data set, 26 petabytes, and use it locally, now they have it all accessible in the cloud. They can analyze across all of it and bring up as much compute power to be able to do analysis on it and comparisons on it as they would like, as opposed to being restrained or constrained by how much they could store on their laptop or a server that they had access to. So that's really kind of a game changer for many different research programs. For anyone who may not know what a petabyte of data is, 
I like to cite that it's about 20 million four-drawer filing cabinets filled with text is one petabyte, and the sequence read archive is 26 petabytes of all sorts of DNA sequence data around you know, many different organisms that I mentioned. So that's one important program that we tend to highlight. There's a host of others supporting you know, any kind of disease domain that you could kind of imagine. But one that I also like to kind of reference is called our Kids First program. It's the Gabriella Miller Pediatric Research Program. And it looks at kind of the biology of childhood cancers, structural birth defects in children, other things like that. And what we're doing and supporting with Strides is working with the research program that exists at NIH and exists at the Children's Hospital of, of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania to really stand up analytical tools, store that data and make it broadly accessible to make sure that we can investigate and look into interrogate these data sets at broader scales and, and against other data sets that we may not have been able to compare that data against in the past. So those are just a couple of examples. And as I mentioned, there's about 200 research programs and counting on a daily basis, moving to the cloud and getting some support from Strides. So we're really optimistic and excited about you know, where this will lead you know, some months or years from now as we start to build this ecosystem and, and as you know, we can do a lot more using the tools and technologies that companies like Amazon and Google can bring to bear on the research endeavor. Yeah, that's incredible. How will this further enable other mission objectives NIH has, such as harnessing artificial intelligence and machine learning to advance biomedical research? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that because one of the things that these companies do really well is they have some of the best capabilities in the world, uh, the best minds in the world, working on you know some of the approaches like machine learning, deep learning, artificial intelligence that you mentioned. They know those technologies really well, and our researchers know our research domains and biology really well. And what we think is we can bring them together through strides and through the partnerships that we have to work on some collaborative research and development projects and really make sure that we can use those tools to the best of their ability to apply to our problems and see what you know, sort of outcomes we can find from something like that. So that's definitely a big component of what we're trying to enable with Strides is greater access to the wonderful tools and capabilities that Amazon, Google, and other companies like that innovate on and, and evolve on a near monthly basis. New capabilities are coming out. Also, to kind of answer that question, I would say this has also led kind of NIH to look at how we can take advantage of public-private partnerships, which we've done for some time, but they really explore how we can broaden those. This is kind of the first approach that we've had with large technology companies, and we think we see some real value in that. So we're seeing additional programs kind of coming out all the time that really do highlight, you know, how can government work with industry, with other, you know, kind of partners that kind of get the best out of everyone. So I like to mention kind of currently in our quarantine coronavirus situation that one of the major programs that NIH has is called Active or Accelerating COVID-19 Therapeutic Interventions and Vaccines. I had to read that because I don't have it memorized. <laughs> and it's a set of public-private partnerships with many different pharmaceutical companies, biotech companies, et cetera, to develop a coordinated strategy for establishing vaccines and therapeutics and other things to address you know, kind of our current crisis with coronavirus. So I think because of some past programs that have really explored public-private partnerships and some things that we've been doing with these large technology vendors. I think there's a lot more leaning forward toward these partnerships at NIH and other places that I think are going to have real good long-term impacts. Of course, there are challenges around that, and we need to make sure we're cautious from a government agency in terms of how we set things up and, and those sort of things. But I'm really optimistic about what impact this can have on NIH's mission, which is what we're here to contribute to, and that's to improve health and lengthen life and reduce the burden that disease and disability has on everyone 
in the U.S. and across the globe. And I think we're kind of better together in working with these various organizations, companies, et cetera, to do that. And I'm happy to be a part of that in some small way here at NIH with uh, the partnerships that we have. Well, Nick, thanks so much for explaining the Strides Initiative and taking the time out of your remote work day to speak with me about this. It's definitely incredible what NIH is doing in terms of how they're trying to basically share data with other researchers so that they can advance biomedical research. And it's just amazing what's happening. But like you said, it is understanding where those capabilities, those cloud capabilities are best suited and for what purposes that the agency is really trying to tackle now. So. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Really, really enjoyed this. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, Adam Patterson, and Faith Ryan. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.